of a white Christmas. The Jay Garvin Show, Home and Mortgage Talk, Saturdays from 8 to 9 a.m. here on KRDO News Radio. Now, here's your host and founder of Garvin's Group of Churchill Mortgage, Jay Garvin's. This segment is brought to you by Empire Title, Bill McAfee, your best of the best Colorado Springs gold winner. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas. It never, ever gets old. That awesome Christmas music to me that Matt opens up with. It may get old in the elevator in the mall. But not on KRDO. If you're listening to my voice for the very first time, my name is Jay. You've tuned into the Jay Garvin Show. And whether you are listening the morning of Christmas Eve or literally whether your kids are just running down the stairs here on Sunday morning, Christmas Day at 6 a.m., Merry Christmas. God bless you. And remember, the reason for the season is the birth of an amazing and eternal Savior, Jesus Christ. You can get a hold of me right at 3301457. If you're listening to my voice for the very first time, my name is Jay. I am your host of the Jay Garvin Show, where Matt and I have been producing this right down on 8th Street, Caradale Studios, for over five years, humbly and literally celebrating over 300 shows with you right here on the Front Range. And on a normal weekend, I talk about Home and mortgage talk, talk about real estate, talk about mortgage, talk about budgeting, talk about the seven steps with Dave Ramsey, because I also am the founder and owner of Churchill Mortgage, Garvin's group of Churchill Mortgage, the exclusive partner of Dave Ramsey, syndicated radio show host heard here right on KRDO during the weekdays. But there are a couple shows, it's a couple weekends a year that I totally step away from the subject of mortgage, totally step away from the subject of real estate, which is my passion, and budgeting, and financial independence, and retirement, and giving. All of those things I step away for a couple of shows. And today and this weekend, over the wonderful holiday, Christmas season, I'm doing that. It's become a wonderful tradition. This is now the third year in a row that I take the time to to search and reflect and find a Christmas story that hopefully has meaning, absolutely one that touches my heart. And that's exactly what I'm going to be doing with you, sharing this hour together during the Christmas season, is to read a story into your life about one of the true meanings of Christmas. I found this story this year in a family Christmas storybook by Dr. James Dobson. I was very, very blessed to receive this book as a gift more than a decade ago when I was in a a Bible study with Jim Davis, part of Focus on the Family, with Orla and Maybrit, friends of mine, and endless more that were in that study. And they gave me this book as a gift, never knowing that years later I was going to share it with you, my listeners, and hopefully impact and help you understand, like I've come to learn, some of the various true meanings of Christmas. And there is wonderful quotes in this book. Uh, There are wonderful verses in this book. In fact, I'm going to 
read one for you right now. And like I said before, if you want to get a hold of me just to say, Jay, thank you for your Christmas message, or if you actually do have a mortgage or real estate question during the holidays, you can simply go to my website, churchillcolorado.com. You also can just text me or call me at 719-330-1457 as we speak. But I'm really going to focus on the story that I'm going to unfold in this Christmas story book of James Dobson today. And one of the quotes that I have read and want to share directly from James Dobson is where he says, There is no impossible array of problems greater than God's ability to help and to bless his dearly beloved children. He longs to bless us, and the Bible tells us that he inclines his ear. Bending low to hear the fanciest of prayer from the weakest of believer through a string of small miracles the world might call a coincidence. God works through the mysterious and the mystery of prayer to meet our desires and draw us closer to himself. But what strange wrappings cover those heaven-sent gifts? He leads us to give so that we might receive. He allows loneliness that we might find ourselves in new and unexpected friendships. And he permits difficult circumstances that we might look past the glitter and the tinsel of lesser gifts to find those that will last forever. Quote by James Dobson. That's what I hope to get from this story with you today. I hope and pray that all of you have a Christmas story yourself. And like I told you, it's Christmas Eve. If it's the the morning of Christmas Eve or you're actually listening even earlier on Christmas Day, this can be the most special day of your life. I mean, because we literally are getting ready to celebrate the birth of a Savior, Jesus Christ. See, I truly believe all gifts and all blessings flow from our Lord and Savior. See, many of you, some of you believe exactly like me, and it doesn't matter if you don't. I like to watch the fruit upon a tree grow because then I don't have to have explanation as to why it is. And if you've been listening to this show for a week, a year, or even the five that I've been on the air, you know that I am just a simpleton who doesn't even speak grammatically correct. But if you've been with me for five years, especially through my relationships, especially through my real estate, especially through my mortgage, especially through my relationship with my family and my wife and my children and you, you know that I am a blessed individual. I've tried to share that with you. The Lord has put great insight into my heart to share with you over the last five years my passion, my ability to communicate and my excitement to give you an olive branch to catch, to reach, to see the potential in real estate. And as we have done the teachings, the market around us in Colorado Springs, in Colorado, and in other parts of the nation have just exploded in real estate with blessing beyond my wildest dreams. And if you are blessed, like I've been blessed, I want you to step forward and be a miracle and a blessing for somebody else. And this is what I pray that this radio show today on this Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, hope that I can touch your heart and pay it forward. And if for any reason at all that you are struggling today, this morning, I just want you to know that someone cares for you uh, well beyond me, even possibly around the family that has somehow let you down. 
and that is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And as we celebrate his birthday, I would just encourage you, if you're struggling, right now to physically open your mouth, physically and verbally ask Jesus Christ to send a miracle into your life. Not conditional on anything which we so quickly do in America. Not on a set of prayers our fasting, our things that you have to do in return of the ritualistic Ten Commandments and obeying them. No, simply the flawed human beings that we are, that the Lord would come forward and answer your prayer for no other reason that he loves you, period, the end. So God loves you, and if you need him or you feel you need him now, he's there for you, and I am so excited to share this Christmas story with you. I want to share with you a little bit about how I came to this notion before I do drum roll and tell you the incredible story that the Lord has brought into my heart. Uh, it often reminds me, I told you this is the third anniversary of this. In years past, if you're interested, um, I have read numerous stories from numerous books about the true meaning of Christmas. And in this case, last year, a year ago, I did a story called The Town That Gave Christmas. And in many times, we go through the Christmas season and we get lost. My wife is the best at accentuating this for me as we run around. We're trying to get gifts. We're trying to be perfect. We try to do everything right. We try to get things done at work. We try to get out the candies. We try to get out the poinsettias. We try to get our kids all the gifts that they want. And we really forget about the true meaning of the season. And this is why my wife and I choose and thank God whenever we can that we don't have to travel. We like to slow things down. My wife was blessed this week to get all of her Christmas shopping done by the 15, and I am so incredibly blessed because I delegate most of it to her as I work so hard in mortgage and helping people get their houses and work so hard in the radio studio to try to bring value to you every week. She really takes a lot of that responsibility for me. And if you're riding around in a car right now and you're with your spouse or possibly even your kids and kids, if you're with your mom and dad and you listen, just stop and say thanks because it's easy to get wrapped up in it all. And some people have their traditions of Christmas, which are so incredibly special. I grew up with traditions of having a beautiful fondue meal on Christmas Eve, and my kids now ask about that, and it's becoming our tradition. And some people open presents in the morning or the evening. We always do the extended family on Christmas Eve, and it's neat because with our kids, we usually give them one present to open after all the family is gone and we've come home. But I want to tell you that your tradition is the one that is the most important for your family. And we wake up on Christmas morning. Our kids are still young. Our oldest just turning a teenager. We're, 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 we're still excited because Santa still shows up. And it's amazing how we have presents that Santa brings and the joy that that puts in their heart. I count the number of hours in the days that this tradition will fade until we get grandchildren, but right now my 10-year-old daughter is exceptionally excited about greeting Santa at the top of the stairs, uh, because they're downstairs, next to the fireplace where we take the pictures and build the memories. And Our kids used to get up at 5 a.m., and now they're old enough that it turned to 6, and now 7 a.m., but it's still earlier than we would roll out of bed, and we're very, very blessed to have those memories. So again, I'm going to tell you before I end this segment 
and go into some words from my partners that this Christmas season is so incredibly important to me. I pray and I hope and I aspire that it's important to you. You can reach me at 330-1457. You certainly can go to my website, Churchill, Colorado. It is the season to give, and I want to give you a tremendous Christmas story. And I'm going to do that. I will do that right after the break. And in the final seconds here, Matt, I'm going to say drum roll. Before we go, the title of this year's Christmas show is Christmas Lost and Found. So Christmas Lost and Found. If you feel that you're just a little bit lost and for some way, shape, or form you hope that you are found or you might be the individual that is helping someone else to be found either by love or by location or through friendship, stick around. I'm going to go into a tremendous Christmas story right after these important messages you are listening to the Jay Garvin Show right here on Caridio News Radio. And I encourage you to call me 330-1457 during the break or when you're at home, go to Churchill colorado.com put your information on the right hand side and put in your comments your question anything that i can help you grow or have questions answered before the holiday season rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose and if you ever saw it you would even say it glows all of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer game. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then how the reindeer loved him as they shouted out with glee. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, you'll go down in history. Merry Christmas, Mr. Buble. Are you ready to sing a little Jingle Bells? Yes. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. The Jay Garvin Show, Home and Mortgage Talk. We're back with the founder of Garvin's Group of Churchill Mortgage. Here's Jay Garvin. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. All the fears we go, laughing all the way. Well, welcome back to the Jay Garvin Show. A Merry Christmas if you are joining me on Christmas Eve or the morning of Christmas Day. What a tremendous opportunity for me to be actually here with you. There are so many things going on. Some of you are doing your last-minute shopping. Others are going to catch the NFL football game of the day. Even more of you are rustling and driving across the path, catching Cardio News Radio on the way to a family celebration. No matter who you are, I want to welcome you. My name is Jay. You're listening to The Jay Garvin Show. And on a normal, typical Saturday or Sunday, a weekend day, I would be talking about home and mortgage talk, where I have a mortgage company, Garvin's Group of Churchill, that is exclusively endorsed by Dave Ramsey, and we have been teaching people, individuals, families, with the heart of a teacher now for five years on the air. Uh, Churchill has been doing this with Dave Ramsey for over 24 years, coming on the 25th anniversary, and if you're right here in the front range, you know how long, for more than a decade, Dave Ramsey has been teaching you the seven financial steps of freedom, financial peace, 
and so much more that goes along with that. So I want to let you know that today is a break as I gave the drum roll typically for the the radio show and the announcement that today we won't be talking about mortgage, we won't be talking about real estate. You certainly can call me at 3301457 if you have those questions. You can go to churchillcolorado.com during the holidays to say, Jay, thanks for sharing that story, or I, I do have a question about purchasing a house in the new year. But today we're taking a moment, a time, this hour, this segment, to share a Christmas story that's called Christmas Lost and Found. I have found this in a tremendous book of Christmas stories by James Dobson, and I've been doing quotes all morning for you, and I will continue. In fact, one, when it's Christmas, man is bigger and is better in his part. He is keener for the service that is prompted by the heart. All the petty thoughts and narrow seem to vanish away, all while the true reward he's seeking is the glory of a smile. Then for others he is toiling, and somehow it seems to me that Christmas is almost what God wanted him to be. So that comes from Edgar Guest, and that's in a book. I have some more quotes and so forth. It's interesting. See, my story is really going to focus on children because they really are a reflection of our world, the Lord, the kingdom, all that is good in this world. Also, I believe this comes through persons of disability. But it's interesting. Here's another tremendous quote that brings us right to the season to a savior today in the town of david a savior has been born to you he is christ the lord this will be a sign to you he will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger luke 2 11 and 12 so i really focus on the children i know that you do we all do it's easy for me because we have small children in our house right now my wife and i there is so much truth There is so much more to gain from giving than there is receiving. And this is going to be a theme, a hallmark of this story that I share with you. Because every time as I've matured, I find the more that I have a heart to give, the more that I find that I myself am fulfilled. And we're so incredibly blessed on my team of Garvin's Group of Churchill Mortgage where we've given to the military. I'm a retired military soldier myself, and I'm so incredibly excited about all of the patriotism around that, the service members, the national anthem, all of that. But also, I've really got into the children and the teachers and the real heroes seen in the teacher, and we were very, very blessed as a group of people or a branch, and my wife and I and the people that I work with right in downtown Colorado Springs with Garvin's Group of Churchill uh, to give a pretty substantial gift to a teacher. And in giving to a teacher, we're able to give them something that they so graciously give to us all the time, and that's their life, their passion. And we help and have started something to help teachers get into homes. This is called Homes for Teachers. And it's just one way where I've been very, very blessed to be in a group that we're able to give back. And a lot of these things I learned directly from Mike Hartwick, who is the owner of Churchill Mortgage, but also from Dave Ramsey himself, as I have listened to him and now met him personally, the amount that he gives back to his team members, the amount that he gives to his radio listeners, and to see behind the scenes of so many silent, invisible individuals like Dave and Mike 
said give away to foundations. This is what I'm just starting to discover in the miracle of giving away to individuals. So before I start the story here, I just want to cover a couple things that are big lessons that I've learned this year. And one is what I've just shared with you, that it is so much more rewarding to give than to receive. And in our ability to give back to Vanguard is the school that we gave to, and a kindergarten teacher is someone that we were able to share with. I've found out that this is something that has changed my life. And in fact, a friend reflected and said, Jay, do you know that I remember five years ago that you said you were going to find a way to give the down payment or a house away to a teacher? And certainly the Lord had that on my heart. And before I start this story, I want to share with you that this comes from my heart. You can get a copy of this yourself. The name of the story is Christmas Lost and Found. Really, the second half of the hour here, I'm going to share it in this and two segments, so stick with me as I start. But here we go, Christmas Lost and Found by Dane Dobson. A lonely college freshman walked along the streets of Philadelphia one day on Christmas of 1975. Three weeks earlier, his mother had written to break the news the family could not afford to bring him home for the holidays. His father's business was in trouble, and there was no extra money for travel. That meant that William Lambert would be forced to remain at the University of Pennsylvania during the entire Christmas season. The winter break had been one of the most depressing periods of William's life. For with the exception of a foreign student who spoke very little English, all the guys in his dormitory had left two weeks earlier in a flurry of activity. They talked excitedly about their mom's cooking and their families that waited for them back home. William had watched them pack up and leave, feeling like the most wretched person on earth. His pain had become almost unbearable by that cold morning of Christmas. Not even God knows that I'm alive, he thought to himself. If he cares, why didn't he help me get home for the holidays? The question went unanswered. In depression, William boarded a bus for downtown Philly, hoping to find relief from his terrible, terrible loneliness. He pulled his collar around his neck to protect him against the bitter wind as he walked around the decorated streets. The laughing, happy people actually reminded him of his friends back home in Idaho. He thought of his mother's traditional turkey dinner in the family sitting around the Christmas tree. How his heart longed to be with them at this very moment. But in his wallet, he carried a crisp $50 bill, a present from his parents. He knew they had sacrificed to send him even that. The card had said, please buy something special for yourself, but nothing sounded appealing. William spent most of the day wandering aimlessly in and out of the stores. It somehow helped to be surrounded by the crowds and then late in the afternoon, his vision suddenly focused. There in a shop window 
was an electric train chugging through the tiny frontier town. In the front window was a young boy, about nine years old, standing transfixed in front of the glass. It was as though he had been hypnotized by the train. William was reminded of his own childhood in Boise. There was a toy store near his house where he had stood and longed for a beautiful Line L train. He knew his father could not afford such an expensive gift, but he secretly hoped for a miracle that never ever came. Now, he recognized that same disappointment in the face of the boy before him. The lad walked away, casting one last glance over his shoulder at the train. Why not? William thought to himself, why not? He strolled over to the boy. He so gently tapped him on the shoulder and said, Hi, my name's William. I'm David, said the boy. That's a beautiful train, isn't it? Yeah, said David. It's the best train I've ever seen. Well, how would you like to have that train? He said to his very new young friend. The boy's eyes widened. Oh, oh I could never own it, he said. We couldn't. I mean, my mom doesn't even have very much money. Come on, said William, leading David. Let's go into the store. With that, stick with me because this story gets exciting on Christmas Day. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Mistletoe home where you can see every couple tries to stop. Rocking around the Christmas tree, let the Christmas spirit ring. The Jay Garvin Show, Home and Mortgage Talk. We're back with your home mortgage Mortgage Jedi Jedi. and founder of Garvin's group of Churchill Mortgage, Jay Garvin. Well, thanks for sticking with me, especially those sitting in the car waiting for the wonderful story. My name is Jay. If you're just joining me, you've run into the Jay Garvin Show here at Cardio News Radio. And a tradition that I do every single Christmas around my show is to break away from the home and mortgage talk. All of the fast banter that I get into, the excitement and the passion. And as Matt helps me, I bring it down a notch. And we just spend this time recognizing the reason for the season our Lord Jesus Christ and his tremendous birthday. And I'm reading a story with you today that is just absolutely impactful for me. See, because I've learned some things this year, and this story, even as I'm reading it, the name of it is Christmas Lost and Found, which I'll jump into again in a second. But I've learned some things this year, and I shared with you last segment that I learned that giving is so much better than receiving. 
But another thing I've learned, and I don't know where they come, but they really settle in, is I found that what's meant for destruction is often able to move to the glory of the kingdom. See, let's look at the actual crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The devil was like, finally, I'm going to rid this human, this prophet, this savior from the world. And it turned around in a resurrection to be one of the biggest stories ever in the history of of mankind. And this story has a little bit of love in it. I've given you quotes. But as I catch up, this story, Christmas Lost and Found, is about a young college kid. Could be your son, could be your nephew, could be your brother, but he's at college stranded and he's taking his loneliness and somehow that so many times what's in our life as despair, God can turn around for the glory of the kingdom. I've had this in so many examples. If you know me in challenges I've went through, it's turned around. One of the most obvious examples is a friend of mine that says, be careful what you pray for. Because if you pray for patience, God will give you situations to be patient in. And many times in a difficult or a destructive situation, you can turn around and show glory and show magnificence in the name and in the light of Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what William's doing. As I continue on in the story, William is in college. He is stranded. He's wandering the streets of Philadelphia, and he finds a little boy that loves a train, and he sees it outside the store, and he puts that memory upon himself. So as the story continues... The boy's eyes widen. I could never own that train, William. I, I, I mean, my mom doesn't even have very much money. Come on in, William said, leaving David into the store. And they went into this store in Philadelphia. William knew that his motives might be misunderstood by someone older than David. But he meant no harm to the boy. Indeed, this might have been the most unselfish moment of William's entire life. Since he couldn't be a child again, he could at least enjoy making a boy's dream come true. The sales clerk approached, then asked if he could help. That train in the window, William inquired. How much is it? I mean, the whole set. I, I believe it's about $50, he answered. Well, let me check. In a few moments, the sale clerk returned to the counter and said, It's $46.95 and worth every penny of it. That sounds terrific, William said. We'll take it. <gasps> the sales clerk made his way to the storage room. Wow, said David. You really mean it. The trains for me is really, really mine. William gave a boy, the boy a pat on the shoulder and smiled. Hey, said David, I, I, I just live around the corner. Want to come meet my mom? She, she, she's really a neat lady, and I want her to meet you. After William paid for the train, David said excitedly, Come on, I, I want to show mom. So William struggled actually to carry the box and, and keep track of the boy, who ran so far ahead. A block away, they came on an old brick building. David ran up the dark staircase and, and pounded on the door marked 201. And an apron-clad mom, maybe in her late 30s, soon appeared. Mom, mom, mom Dave said, uh, this is the man, uh, my friend. Uh, he, he bought me a new train. 
can he come in, Mom? Uh, please, Mom, can he come in? William tried to maneuver the box so he could actually see the woman. Hi, he said. Um, I'm William Lambert. I hope you don't mind what I've done. I saw David looking at this train, and I could see how much he wanted it, and I would really be pleased if you'd let me give it to him. Well, well, sure, said David's mother. Bring it on in. My name's Pauline Sanders. Uh, you'll have to pardon me. I'm not used to my son bringing people home with him. I'll be leaving in a minute, said William. I just wanted to help David carry the box home. No, 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 said Pauline. Seeing the kindness in the young man's eyes, come on in. Her warm reaction reminded William of his own mother, who would have responded the exact same way if he had shown up at the door with a stranger. Won't you have a seat, Pauline asked. As William removed his hat and his coat, he noticed the very humble surroundings. The living room was clean and neat, although simple in appearance. A fire crackled in the hearth, and a small Bible lay on top of the coffee table. In the corner stood a frail little Christmas tree covered with popcorn strings and red ribbons. He noticed there was hardly any presence underneath it. Dave grabbed William's hand. Don't, don't, don't sit down, he said. Come see my room first. As they made their way down the hall, we Paul. As they made their way down the hall, Pauline called from the kitchen. Son, did you remember to pick up those apples for me? They're on the counter, Mom, Dave replied. And then he opened the door to his tiny bedroom. This is my room, he said so proudly. Wow, very impressive, William responded, looking around. Two posters hung on the wall, and the model train were sitting there displayed on the dresser. Did you make those models yourself, he asked. I did, answered David, all by myself. Well, William picked up the trains and looked at them closely. You did a good job, he said, better than I would have done. Well, David beamed with pride as they walked back to the kitchen. And as long as you're here, Pauline said, why don't you stay for Christmas dinner? And that's where the story takes an incredible turn. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Man, it doesn't show signs of stopping, and I brought me some corn for popping. The lights are turned way down low, let it snow. Frosty the snowman was a jolly happy soul With a corncob pack and a button nose And two eyes made out of coal the Jay Garbin Show, Home and Mortgage Talk. We're back with the founder of Garbin's Group of Churchill Mortgage. Here's Jay Garbin's. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! There must have been some magic in that old silk hat they found. Well, welcome back. You are listening to The Jay Garvin Show and Merry Christmas, this tremendous weekend of Christmas, celebrating our Lord and Savior's birth, Jesus Christ. 
And normally you'd be listening to Home and Mortgage Talk, but today, as a tradition, on Christmas, I'm reading a tremendous Christmas story out of a book by James Dobson. You, of course, can get a hold of me at 330-1457 or go to churchillcolorado.com to get a hold of me. But I'm in the middle of a tremendous story about a college student named William. The name of the story is Christmas, Lost and Found. And a little boy, David, and his mother that have come together unexpectedly, each one of them lost in their own way, and they're coming in through the Lord Jesus and being found. And the biggest takeaways that I want you to have from this story as I close out my radio show and this hour and this story is to seek Jesus Christ this season. Really, what do you have to lose? Be careful of what you pray for because he just might give it to you. I gave an example of people praying for patience. And be careful because the Lord will put you in a situation where you have to display patience. And most And more importantly than everything, know that you are loved, that a miracle is just around the corner, whether you're giving it or receiving it. So with that, I want to finish the story where we are with William and David in his mother's house in downtown Philadelphia, where William is a college student stuck from his family. And here you have a boy and a mother that are just looking for miracles themselves. Well, as long as you're here, Pauline said, why don't you join us for Christmas dinner? It's just David and me. It'll be good to have a guest with us. She had prepared a bountiful meal of turkey, mashed potato, and green beans. And it was clear that this was a sacrificial tribute to what had been extracted from a very small budget. William smelled the food. Oh, and he said he would be delighted to stay. Do you mind if I say grace? Before we eat, asked Pauline, David and I are Christians. Really? Said William, I'm a new Christian too. I became a believer last month at an InterVarsity meeting, and there's still so much that I don't understand. So they bowed their heads while Pauline thanked God for the blessings and for the birth of his son, Jesus. During the meal, Pauline talked about her late husband, Richard, who had died in Vietnam five years before. She had wanted to leave Philadelphia ever since his death, preferring to live on the West Coast with her family. Someday, she said, we'll be able to move, and that's my dream. Why why didn't you visit your family this Christmas, William asked, immediately kind of regretting having asked it. Pauline sighed. I really wanted to, she said, but I just don't have the money this year. William explained that he, too, had wanted to go home for Christmas with his parents, but financial woes had kept him in Philly. Then it must be God's will that you're here with us tonight, Pauline noted. William smiled. It must be, he agreed. For after dinner, William and David sat on the floor and began to put together the train set. Pauline served apple dumplings as they talked and laughed and told stories. Finally, three hours, the task was finished. The train was set up, and William sat back in a worn-out easy chair and said, All right, David, start it up, he instructed, and the young boy reached for the control and pressed the button, and in a flash, 
the train was on its way, winding around the tracks with the occasional whistle blow. What a sight to see as a tear came into Pauline's eye. The joy-filled expression on David's face as well was worth every penny that William had spent. It was a feeling of immeasurable satisfaction knowing that he had been able to make a boy happy at Christmas. After the train had made at least 15 circuits, William announced, I really do need to get back to the university. I've had such a wonderful evening, he said. Thank you so much for making me feel at home. The meal was delicious, and it brought my family closer through you. Wait, 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 just a minute, David pleaded as he ran down the hallway to his room. As William put on his coat and hat, he noticed that Pauline had little tears welling up in her eyes. I want you to know, William, that I've been praying an entire month for a way to buy David a nice Christmas present, she whispered. Your kindness not only was a gift to David, but also for me. It was an answer to prayer. Before William could even respond, David rushed back into the living room and he was holding a little white box in his arm. Merry, Merry Christmas, Williams, he said joyfully. And William lifted the lid and he was surprised to see a model train that David had shown him earlier in his room surrounded by crumpled tissue paper. It's not as good as the one you gave me, David apologized, but at least we both get new trains for Christmas. William reached out and gave his new friend the most emotional hug. This is the nicest thing anybody's ever given me, he said. A certain sadness came over William as he turned to leave. He knew that he might never see the Sanderses again. Pauline and David thanked him for coming and for the special gift, but William was actually the grateful one. As he made his way to the bus stop, he reflected on all that had just happened. He had found more satisfaction in his new friendship than in any Christmas celebration of the past. The words of Jesus, which he had learned as a child, rang so true in his ear. It literally is more blessed to give than to receive. As William rode the bus through the night, the meaning of the evening suddenly came clear. Like a picture coming into focus, he and his new friends had each experienced a personal crisis before their chance encounter. See, Pauline had been on her knees praying desperately for a gift to offer her fatherless son. Her little boy had longed for a prize that could never be his, and William had ached with unspeakable loneliness and despair. It was an impossible array of problems. There was no way short of a miracle that each set of needs could have been met simultaneously in such a satisfying way, and yet it happened. Could it be that a loving and compassionate Lord had watched over them all that day? That he had seen their distress and heard their longings of their heart? Did he bring them together to provide them kindness to one another on that Christmas Eve? Yes, 
murmured William to himself. He does care. He is there. Happy birthday, Jesus, he said as he entered his quiet little dorm, and thank you. But in the end, he added, next year, can I please celebrate in Boise? So there's a story, literally warms my heart. I pray to God that it touched you as it touched me. And as I say every single year and every single week, please go grow and prosper and tell someone close to you that you love them, especially this Christmas season, because that's what matters in the end. And if you've not found your passion, your calling, your purpose in life, pray to God that he would deliver it to you, because that's what I found in you, the radio listener. Merry Christmas, and may God bless you all. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. The preceding was a paid program on KRDO News Radio. KRDO News Radio does not confirm nor deny the validity or accuracy of the information contained in this program. And the views expressed do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the staff and management of KRDO News Radio. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh.